0: one of the main things I try and help all entrepreneurs and healthcare professionals understand is you need to have reoccurring revenue. So setting something up as well with that is the customer journey. And that gives you magnetize where you bring people into your community, monetize where you start to generate a small amount of revenue, but it's mainly to show them that you can help them maximize where the real monetization, the revenue and the transformation happens, and then multiply, which is where that reoccurring revenue is so that you have that baseline.
1: This is Getting to Yes, the podcast with leaders from all walks of life, exploring their successes, mistakes, and lessons learned in influence, persuasion, and getting others to say yes. And then taking an insight or two to help you achieve even greater things. Online summits have been a proven vehicle to grow your email list, connect with influencers, build your authority, and generate revenue. And personally, I've been involved in a number of online summits, including the first ever summit on cannabis back in 2017, where we enrolled more than 250,000 registrants and generated over $3 million in about a month. Now, virtual summits can work just as well on a much smaller scale, and that's why I'm excited to welcome my dear friend, Dr. Mark T. Waite on the show to share what health practitioners need to consider when it comes to Virtual Summits. And for those that don't know Dr. Mark, he's the founder of Virtual Summit Software and the visionary behind the evolution of Summits, having created six, seven, and multiple seven figure companies using Virtual Summits. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Excited to be
0: here and love talking on this topic, obviously.
1: Of course, you've been in this space literally forever. And before we go into the details, could you define the basic structure of online summits and maybe share some success stories of health practitioners that have used virtual summits to build their practice?
0: Absolutely, so it's important to understand there's probably three categories of online or virtual summits. Online virtual summits, and you can say that unanimously, it's the same. Now, the three different kinds, there's two, dramatically different formats. There's live streamed summits, which I typically call live stream conferences. And then there's virtual summits. Live stream conferences is essentially, it's a conference, just virtual. And it's all live stream. People typically pay, they buy a ticket to participate in it. It's primarily focused on the host and it's geared more towards selling like a high end offer, a service, a program, a mastermind, Mm -hmm. something like that. And they're very powerful. They're beneficial, but they are quite complex and complicated. I would say that's more for advanced users. Now, virtual summits, which have been around for about almost 20 years now, these are essentially pre-recorded. They're typically or historically pre-recorded or primarily pre-recorded. You have some live stream in there, but... Pre-recorded sessions that solve a problem or a series of problems for a specific audience by bringing together topic experts or speakers to talk on these problems and solve those over a set period of time. Okay, mm-hmm. It's typically free for attendees to participate. And it is usually geared towards people who are more at the beginning of their journey. They're looking for the information to help them with their problem, whatever that problem might be. And we've seen virtual summits in pretty much every type of industry you can think of. Everything from health, wealth, business, to even brick and mortar businesses like chiropractic practices. We've even seen a summit in the self-storage space, which is as (laughs) brick and mortar as you can get. Now with virtual summits, there's two frameworks or two types the most common, the one that's been around the longest is called a multi-day summit. And this is, as it says, it's multiple days. It's anywhere from about three days to around seven days with anywhere from about 25 speakers onwards up. I mean, we did a multi-day summit that was 10 days and 120 speakers, which we don't recommend anybody do that. (laughs) It's massive. But the main focus of that is really to build an audience. So a virtual summit as, as compared to a live stream conference, a live stream conference is to take a warm audience that maybe already knows you has purchased a ticket and you're going to offer some service that's a higher end service. So it's Mm. generally focused for revenue generation. A virtual summit is more towards building your audience, building your tribe, building awareness of you and your services. To eventually take them further along their customer journey with you to essentially monetize later. So it is about building the audience. That's what a virtual summit is. Now, the multi day summit, like we said, with that kind of massive amount of people, that's where you're gonna see a lot of those big numbers coming out there the summits that are 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 people, but they don't need to be that. And we'll get in more into does it need to be a mega summit a little bit later. But there's another framework, which we came up with around seven years ago. Like you said, we've been doing summits for over a decade now, back before summits were normal or common and back before there was any kind of coaching, teaching programs or software available to do these. What we ended up creating was something a little bit more simple and focused, which has actually become a pretty powerful style or format of summit. And it's called a one day summit. Now, it's like it says, it's one day, but it doesn't mean it's a full day in content. It just means the audience has one day to consume the information. And as opposed to a multi-day summit, which has a lot of speakers, a one-day summit is gonna have around six to 12 speakers with kind of eight to 10 being the sweet spot. Now, what's really focused or what's really beneficial with a one-day summit is it allows you to be much more specific on the problem that you're solving. So just like a multi-day summit, it's going to be primarily pre-recorded. It's free for the audience to attend, and it's there for them to get the information they need. Now, with a multi-day summit, you may be covering three, four, five major problems that you're solving by having all of those different speakers. You may have a different theme a day or a different topic a day, for example. But with a one-day summit, it's going to be much more specific. So you're going to attract the people that have that problem. Actually, this brings up a really important thing. We may get into this a little bit more later, but it's important. I I have to say this. When you're creating a summit, if you don't take anything else away from this entire interview, please understand that if you're going to go into a virtual summit, you're going to build a virtual summit, you have to start with the end in mind. This is one of the number one problems or mistakes I see that summit hosts make is when they build a summit, they go with, ooh, what's the most popular topic today? Or what is something that I'm interested in? Or what do I assume my tribe, my patients, my people would want to hear. That's not how you build a summit. You start with what is the problem you solve? Where do you want to take this audience after the summit? This is usually your service or something that you provide, something that you help your customers or patients with. That's the problem that you want to build your summit around, whether it's the multi-day summit or a one-day summit. Why? Because you want to attract the people with this problem, give them information. It creates no like, and trust by helping to solve some of their problems. They see that they can trust you. They see that you're the expert on this topic. And now they're willing to move forward with their customer journey, which is to go forward into your program, product, or service. So that's a little bit of an overview of the summits and the different styles and formats.
1: Thanks for sharing this. And I've heard you say that smaller, more engaged lists can be much more profitable than a larger, less engaged one. And could you share more about the importance of quality over quantity in list building and how this principle specifically applies to one-day summits? Again, let's say you're a health practitioner, you have a brick-and-mortar practice, and you're thinking, okay, how do I go from here to becoming more virtual, more online? How do I build an audience? How do we become known in my audience, in my community? So let's go there next.
0: Well, I think one of the most important parts of this is a lot of times, Summit hosts who are thinking about doing a summit. They set these expectations that they need to do 10,000 or 50,000 person summits. And that's not the case. You don't need to do that. And a lot of times the summits that are doing that, although they may have great numbers, those are much more experienced summit hosts who've been doing it like ourselves for a decade or so. But I think it disempowers Summit hosts to think that you need to have those type of numbers to be successful. You don't. And success is a broad term, but on any area or any kind of spectrum of that term, that word is it can be just as successful with a smaller size summit or list, And I always think back to my very first launch, just launch in general, we did it to a list of 900 people and we did over $130,000. So you don't need tens of thousands of people to be successful, whether it's financially or with impact and service, you need qualified and engaged people. And I think this is the most important aspect of that the more on point, the more streamlined and the more focused your summit is to the problem that you solve, it attracts the people with that problem. They are qualified and they become highly engaged because you can speak directly to that problem, which lets them know that one, you're the expert and that you can help them with that. Now with a one day summit, especially if we're talking about with healthcare professionals, they have such a great opportunity here. We've seen summits. We've helped work with summits. We've had summits that have done 50, 60,000 people summits, but we've also had summits that have done like 500 to a 1,000 people. And I think it's important. That's the key word there. A lot of times we get, once you start to get into the marketing lingo, it starts to turn into leads or acquisition. We get away from the humanistic approach. Those are people. That's 500 people. Most conferences, most in-person seminars can't get over 50 people into a conference or seminar. So if you've got 100 people in your virtual summit, you're already doing better than probably 60% of all in-person conferences. If you've got 500 people on your virtual summit, you're doing amazing. If you get 1,000 or a couple thousand, you're in the top... 5-10% Five ten percent of in-person conferences. Now, we're talking virtual here, of course, so there is no in-person but with the virtual component of that and we have examples of this, for example we've had a summit that was done. We had a chiropractor specifically who wanted to, and this was a little bit further back in COVID. So her clinic got shut down and she's like, I need to make some revenue now, but I also want to get my practice set up. So I have people ready to come in once I can open my doors again. So we helped her set up a one day summit and it was specifically for her area. And it's important to understand this. You can do a virtual summit, a one day summit, nationally, globally, potentially, if your services don't need to come into a specific location, Mm, maybe you can offer services online that can be globally. Or if you actually have a brick and mortar practice or clinic, you can gear this specifically towards your community. And that's what this example is with Dr. Holly Tucker. She was in Memphis. She ran a summit called the One Day Wellness at Home Memphis Edition. And it was a one day summit. She generated, I think, around 1600 attendees So her goal was to bring people into her practice, but the summit by itself generated over $7,000 just from the one day summit, which was really helpful for her since her practice was shut down at that time. But then now she has 1,600 potential people that look to her as the expert that are in her local community because she ran it specifically there. She found six, I think actually she had eight professionals in her community as the speakers. And when she opened up her practice, she essentially had a three or four week waiting list because of all the people who were willing to come in. And Of course, there's some specific strategies and techniques to take them from the virtual summit into your brick and mortar practice. But that's just like a smaller example, a bigger example, which you know very well because you helped set this up was with Dr. Greg Eckel. He wanted to run a one-day summit and bring patients into his practice. He ran the Parkinson's one-day summit. He brought in health professionals. He did the one-day summit, I believe globally, but it was again to bring people into his practice. He had a lot of success on the first running of it, but here's the key of it. Once you've built this, it doesn't have to be one and done. You can continue to use this to bring people into your tribe, your community, and your practice, which is what you did, Uli, is you helped them rerun this every single month. And over the course of a year, They generated over a million dollars in revenue from the patients that came in specifically from that one day summit. So that's extremes of it. That's possible. It wasn't like Greg's summit was more spectacular than anybody else's summit. He had a lot of amazing help with you backing him on that. But we've also had other summits as well. For example, a friend of mine who has been running summits for about four or five years annually now does the Lyme's disease summit and it regularly brings in, he was a, chiropractor. He started running this summit to bring patients into his practice. But within two years, he realized, Oh my goodness, there's a lot of people I can help. And he transitioned into an online like service, helping patients virtually, and eventually exited out of his practice because he was doing so well, helping people that he ended up having to have coaches and healthcare professionals underneath him to service all the people. So the one day summit, what it comes down to, or just in general, when it comes to the amount, the number of people, look at this, What, like, what is your goal? What revenue increase per month or per year would be beneficial to you? How many patients would you need to see to be able to do that? Now, if you think of a one day summit, again, you can run this one day summit every single month. You can rerun, especially if you're using tools or platforms like the virtual summit software, it will rerun that summit automatically for you. But if let's say you brought in 500 people into the summit, the one day summit a month, okay, and out of those 500 people, 10% of them opted to come in for a screening, maybe a meet the doc or whatever you've set up to bring them from, hey, I'm Dr. Mark, to let's have a talk in my practice, that's 50 new people. And let's say you convert 20% of that, now you got 10 people. I know most healthcare professionals. 10 to 20 people, new patients a month, that's anywhere from a 50,000 to a six figure increase a month. So you don't need to be hitting 10,000 people on your summit to make mega improvements and increases to both your revenue, the amount of people that you're serving, and also your impact. Here's another example. Dr. Angela, we helped her run a one day summit and again was geared towards her local community. She was a chiropractor. She ran this one day summit, And again, same reason. She wanted to bring patients into her practice. I think she had around 800 people on her virtual summit and had over 100 new patients come into her practice from that. But that wasn't even the biggest, whoa, whoa. Well, the local newspaper heard about this summit because it was geared towards her community. They ran it on the front page of their newspaper. She said for months afterwards, she would go to the grocery store. She'd be out in public and people would run up to her. Dr. Angela, Dr. Angela, I saw you on that summit. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to meet you. She became a local celebrity in her community. It's also, I'll throw this out here too, because as healthcare professionals, referrals are very important. It's a great way to create referral sources in your community as well, because you're going to bring on six to eight professionals from your community. Why not reach out to the person who's best suited to send you referrals ongoing because you're giving them an opportunity to be on your summit as well as an opportunity to get to know you. And that's a really great way. We've seen this happen a lot. Dr. Kevin Christie in Miami, He ran a one-day summit for triathletes, and he specifically ran the summit not just to get new patients. That was the ulterior goal. He did it because he specifically wanted to reach out to these seven people in his community to build a relationship, and it was way easier to do that and establish authority versus just walking into their clinic and giving them a card and like, hey, I'm the local chiropractor. I'd love for you to send me patients. No, why not be like, I am the host of the Miami-based triathlon summit I'd love to offer you an opportunity to speak on this to our community. See the difference in positioning there?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I love what you have mapped out here. And just one of our other clients, Dr. Lionel King, he put together essentially a multi-day event on Back to 100, and he talks about inflammation. And so now obviously gut health, inflammation, autoimmunity, hormone imbalances, it all channels into his practice And he helps people get back to 100%. Again, another summit is like Long COVID. Super hot topic. Patients are super motivated. You have a problem, but you don't know how to solve it. And maybe you've gone to a number of practitioners. Nobody can solve it. If you are locally the celebrity on Long COVID, vaccine injury, etc., that can be, again, driving your practice for years to come. Build authority. Build your list. Build these referral relationships. So... I think the power is that stringing multiple interviews together makes it more valuable to the end user, the participant, and you're like a museum curator. You're selecting the works of art that you want to combine and you want to create or crystallize out an overarching method that benefits obviously your practice. So for that reason, you and I, we both love it and obviously turning this evergreen into Take That One Day Summit formula that's super simple to do, orchestrate it, and you can run it every month, every two months. And that's always the reason why you're reaching out to your community, hey, we're having this event, do you want to participate? And as long, as you said, if you focus your summit on a problem that people continue to have, you have continued interest. It would be one thing to do. We're doing a summit on Y2K, and it's only relevant in the year 2000, and then we don't need it. So. Thank you for sharing all these ideas. And I feel you've already created like a mental picture for our listeners to see where to go with this next.
0: Well, Uli, let me just throw out a couple of real quick examples as well. So we have Dr. Ryan Wolfert, who is a chiropractor down in Georgia. He ran a multi-day summit to kick off, focused on the brain. His original summit was a multi-day summit, and he did it. and He was like, "Oh my gosh, this was amazing!" It helped him actually expand his clinic. They actually built out more. That was a pretty big undertaking. He reached out to us and started. We helped him with the one-day summit format. He's been running these on the virtual summit software. He runs a single one. Summit every single month, and every single month he's generating somewhere between two to five thousand. He's even had one a one day summit that did ten thousand new people attendees, but that's a mega one, two thousand upwards people towards his local community every month because he just changes the topic every single month. And now he's got the framework and the format down. Dr. Lisa Osheski did one on keto for women. She ran a one-day summit or a virtual summit on keto for women and ended up spawning. She's a chiropractor, still practices to this day, but she has now an online program where she helps people virtually and it adds virtual revenue on top of her practice. We have Michael Jones, who's a physical therapist who ran a virtual summit. And in addition to getting new patients into his practice, he said one of the biggest benefits that he's found, or not necessarily the biggest benefits, but one of the biggest surprises he found that came from running a summit is how many speaking opportunities that he's gotten in his local community from running that. Because it's not just generating new patients, it's awareness and exposure and it's positioning you as the authority on this topic. So whatever Mm -hmm. the topic is, whatever the problem is that you solve, you become the authority. And once you're the authority or perceived authority, people want you to come and present. So he was being asked to come into all of these local businesses to talk on this topic. So there's a lot like New patients, new customers, et cetera, is one piece of the benefits. But there's a lot of other supplementary benefits that are also important as well.
1: Awesome. You emphasize the importance of alignment in solving a singular problem throughout the customer journey. And can you share some examples of how this alignment has worked in one-day summits that your team has been involved with? And let's go a little bit more tactical. You mentioned start with the end in mind, but... When it comes to choosing a topic, it needs to be related to what you ultimately want to be. But what are your suggestions for topic? What makes good summit topics and what are bad summit topics?
0: (laughs) Well, honestly, there's really no bad topics. The only mistake you can make is doing a topic that doesn't align with your product, program, or services. Because you will generate people into your summit but then when you try and convert those people on their customer journey from the virtual one day summit to whatever your service is, they're the perfect example is like, if you're a back pain specialist and you do a summit on weight loss, you're going to have a bunch of people that are weight loss and you're like, Hey, come in and let me help you with your low back pain. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm not here for low back pain. That's just an example. So when it comes to selecting the topic of the summit, you're going to select the problem and you want to be specific. Okay. We're going to specifically talk about one day summits because the other benefit to doing a one day summit over a multi-day summit is, especially, I at mean, the I always recommend everybody, when you're first getting started with summits, do a one-day summit. Reason why is it's quicker. You can put it together much faster. There's a lot less risk involved. Let's say you completely bomb your one-day summit. You've only bombed it in front of a four or five potential speakers versus 50 speakers, right? And it's okay. Your first summit is never going to be your best summit. We all know that. Your second summit will be your will be better. Your third summit, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason I also like one-day summits is you can do them on a variety of different topics. So a lot of times I hear healthcare professionals go, well, I help with low back pain, for example, but I also do wellness, or I also help with kids. I also help with this. It's not saying this is the only thing you do. This is just the topic that you're highlighting your expertise in and solving the problem for the people who have this problem. Next month, you can do one on the other topic. So that's one of the reasons I love the one day summit is because you can, it's specific. So let's say you do wellness, back pain, and kids, you help with children. You can do a one day summit on this topic. Next quarter, you can do a one day summit on this topic. And then next quarter, you can do a one day summit on this topic. But imagine if you tried to do a summit on all three. Do you think you're going to have the right people it's going to water down your expertise your message if i need to talk to somebody who has low back pain while also talking to parents about their kids while also talking about like maybe to the elderly with wellness and longevity everybody's gonna be like man like this is all over the place now what i always say is if you get specific with your topic for example if i can help people jump higher okay or let's say i can help knee problems okay Doesn't matter if I'm the expert in knees and maybe I prefer to work with athletes, but if I'm talking about knees and I'm specifically talking about the different things that cause this and help this, et cetera, the athlete the 80-year-old, and the stay-at-home mom, all with knee pains are going to go, this is the expert. This person knows what they're talking about so that they can obviously help me as well. So when you get specific on your problem, you can get specific on the topic, which is going to be specific with the information, which is going to show the people who are listening that you're the expert and you know what you're talking about, which creates that no like, in trust, which we have to have that trust factor in order for them to come into us. Now, here's another reason I like One Day Summits. If you look at the normal practice. Let's say I had a practice for a decade. We did all the wrong stuff at the beginning. (laughs) We went and handed out our business cards everywhere. And we thought, Oh, why isn't anybody coming in? Well, they don't know you. They're not just going to go, Ooh, I want to come in. Or you can go to like you, we'd go to the gym and be like, Hey, I'm Dr. Mark. I'd love for you to send us your gym members. And they're like, why would I send you my people? I don't even know you. you haven't done anything for me. So there's got to be a level of trust for people to come into you. Even with referrals, one of the scariest things for people to do is if I go into this practice, this clinic, this office, etc., you're going to try and convince me to do something that I'm not sure I'm ready to do. Okay. With the one day summit, it gives them an opportunity to get to know you before they ever have to commit to anything. So now they're like, I know you, I feel like I have a relationship with you. And here's another really great part of it. You only have to do it once, but it can reach thousands of people. So you're not having to have that same conversation a thousand times. You have it one time to a thousand people. Now the ones who are ready, who are like, you can help me with this problem. I have the problem and I trust you. What's the next step. It's much easier for them to come into your practice or your clinic because they now have that trust level. That's another important part of it. But when you're selecting your problem back to your original question, I'm going to close (laughs) this loop for you. When you're selecting your problem, I would take what's the number one thing that you can help with. What's the number one reason people are coming into your practice or your clinic or your office. Okay. And then I'd also add, what's the thing that you enjoy most? Because maybe you're great at feet, but you hate feet. You don't necessarily need to bring in a bunch of more feet, people. What's the thing that you're passionate about? So what's the number one reason people are coming in to see you? That's a problem that you're solving. And what's something you're passionate about? You don't need to select the person yet, okay? You just select the problem and the part of it you're passionate about. Okay. Then you can select, do you want to work with elderly or children or sp- athletes? Yeah. Like that's when you choose the avatar. So that's the problem. Now you were saying the customer journey, we call it, it's the customer journey. We have a, like a four part process with this. Like when it comes to virtual programs, even in practice, even in physical, it's still the same, not a problem and it goes back to that trust level let's say i've just met somebody easiest way to look at this i just met i just met uli and i'm like uli this is a great first date second date i'm like hey i think we should get married he's gonna be like wow first off you're not my type second off you're crazy we would never do that in real life but we do that a lot of times with our products and services we go hey i know you've just got to know me but would you like to sign up for this ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar program they're like whoa come on so we've actually created essentially a format that helps them on their, we call it buyer's journey or customer's journey. But what it actually is, it's their psychological process of where are they at and what are they willing to do at each step of that journey and how can we make that easier, more mm-hmm. comfortable for them. The first part, magnetize, is you get them to come into your community, into your tribe to get to know you. You're not selling them anything. So that's a key thing with the virtual summit. The goal is not monetization yes you will make money on your summit but the goal is relationship building because now that we have the relationship we can move to the next step which is monetization which is where we're solving a singular problem with a smaller price solution. Essentially, we're getting them to take the first step because what they're trying to do now is can you really help me with this? I trust you, but can you help me with this? So we're not trying to solve all their problems next. We're trying to solve one problem. So they go, okay, you can help me with this and I'm willing to invest a small amount of money to see if you're willing to do this. And then the next step is that maximization step, which is where we're doing the full transformation. And this is where it's gonna be much higher ticket or the full service. But here's another thing. And a lot of times I'm talking to more like online entrepreneurs with this topic, but I think it's as relevant and pertinent to healthcare professionals is the fourth step in this, which is multiply that's reoccurring revenue. And I can say as a healthcare professional myself, we never really think about that. And if you do not have reoccurring revenue, which means it's not a payment plan. It's not somebody who's got three payments. It's somebody who's paying you every single month and it can be a small amount, a large amount, whatever if you don't have reoccurring revenue you're essentially one bad month away from going out of business and i know that sounds a little harsh But I think it's important. It's one of the main things I try and help all entrepreneurs and healthcare professionals understand is you need to have reoccurring revenue. So setting something up as well with that is the customer journey. And that gives you magnetize where you bring people into your community, monetize where you start to generate a small amount of revenue, but it's mainly to show them that you can help them maximize where the real monetization, the revenue and the transformation happens and then multiply, which is where that reoccurring revenue is so that you have that baseline.
1: Excellent. Wonderful. I have one more question for you and we'll close out with that question where you see virtual summits evolving to in the future. But before we get to that final word from you, where can people find out more about virtual summits? How to get started? What's the best first step? I know you have a checklist that folks can download. Where can people find you?
0: Well, the hub, the spot to go is virtual summits with an S virtualsummits.com. That's our platform virtual summit software, but it also has all of our resources. I mean, we have a lot of free resources, things to get started, both video trainings, downloads, and we have a podcast as well with over 300 episodes at this point. So you can go there to learn more about summits. Also information about the difference going deeper into the one day summit versus multi-day summits. And of course the platform there where you can check it out. Cause this is important too. I think it's really important. We say this because especially as healthcare professionals, tech is not usually our strong point. And if it sounds like it's going to require tech, we're kind of like, nah, the thing to understand is we have hundreds and hundreds of examples, tests, and you can see them. There's hundreds of case studies and testimonies on that site that you can go look up. Healthcare professionals from all kinds of different industries and niches as well. The thing to understand is they were sitting in the exact same place as you 3 or 4 months before they got started on their journey, okay? So if they can do it, you can do it. And the important thing to know is virtual summit software is the quickest and easiest way to do a virtual summit. It removes all of the tech hassle. If you can use a keyboard, you can do a virtual summit. My partner, Dr. Krista Burns, who runs the American Posture Institute, runs four annual virtual summits every single year. She's been doing that for six years. It's how she builds her audience and her tribe. And when we first created virtual summit software six years ago, the litmus test, The test that had to be proven was Dr. Krista could do it without having to ask me for help. So, if she can do a virtual summit on this, she's the smartest, most brilliant person I know. But when it comes to tech, a little bit challenging. So if she can do it, I promise you can do it as well. So go check out that and get the resources there. And of course, if you ever have any questions or we can help you out any way, please reach out and let us know. And I'd also say back over to Uli, I've seen him work in the summit space for as long as I've been in it as well. And when it comes to marketing, growing, scaling, and generating revenue on a summit, I don't think there's anyone better at it on the planet than he is. So if you've got a summit or you're thinking about doing a summit, you should definitely check with him on how to monetize that, especially the evergreen version to keep it going month after month. What he did with Dr. Greg Eccles summit, generating over a million dollars in the course of a year from patient revenue. That's amazing. So definitely thank you for having me on here. And I want to tip my hat to you as well. Now, where do I see summits going? This is one of my favorite questions. And it's a question I get all the time because literally (laughs) five years ago, I was predicting where I thought summits were going to go. And I thought it would take about five years. It happened in about a year or so virtual summits are only going to continue to grow. Okay. And I hear sometimes I hear like this objection sometimes over here that, well, there's too many virtual summits. And I say, that's absolutely incorrect. There's over 250,000 webinars every single month. There's less than 20,000 virtual summits a year. And in your industry, your niche, there's probably less than a couple thousand at most. Okay. The reason people think there's so many is because they work. They're seeing them constantly because of the power and benefit. And the reason I know they continue to work is I'm in the space. You can look at the biggest influencers, impactors, et cetera. They're all running summits. The reason is because they work and it's not just about generating the audience you can generate the audience while also creating the no like, and trust, and you don't necessarily have to spend $100,000 on ads to get the same amount of impact you would get on a summit. Summits are only gonna continue to grow. Now, what I have seen, which has become very interesting, is when we invented this one-day summit formula six, seven years ago, we didn't do it because we're trying to create a formula. We did it because we couldn't get enough speakers to do a multi-day <laughs> summit. Okay, and I would, my ego wouldn't let me go to the seven speakers who had already said yes and tell them I couldn't do it, so we ran it as a one-day summit. What has progressed from there is it's not only great for people getting started in the summit space because it's quicker and easier to do and it's less risk, But it's also a way to give your audience, both new patients, new practice members, as well as current practice members, ongoing information and value. They continue to see you up there. Now, what we've been seeing is the evolution of the one-day summit. How are people doing the one-day summit? So it went from just a one-off one-day summit to then with Uli involved, it went to like using that same one-day summit ongoing every single month as a continuous, just one but then we've seen it progress into summit series, for example. And these can be ongoing summit series or one-offs. So we've done many of these now, but like you can have a three-part summit series and you release them at like once a quarter or some people like Dr. Ryan, for example, is releasing one every single month. So we're seeing people start to create the one-day summit In different formats because the one day summit is easier to consume for the audience for the people they can get through it quicker and easier if they see that it's going to take five to six days and 80 speakers and they're like i don't have time for that they may not take any action but everybody can go that's the problem i have and it's only six or eight sessions or one day I can invest that time to get my problem solved. So we're seeing a lot different versions of these. We're seeing some live stream ones. We're seeing the summit series ones. So I'm seeing more evolution of how to use the one day summit in different formats. And I think that's only going to continue to grow because people need the knowledge, they need the information. And a lot of people aren't willing to pay for it at the beginning, there's people that will, but you got two different groups. You got people who are willing to trade money over time, like, hey, I'd rather pay somebody, just get it done now. And you have other group that's, I'm willing to trade time over money. This is really where the virtual summit is targeting the people that could be your best customers. But if there's a gateway that's blocking them from coming in, they'll never get to you. This is the way that gets them in. And so I see the evolution coming, new frameworks, new formats, new ways of positioning, naming, calling the one day summit.
1: You yeah, know, Mark. Thank you so much for sharing all these amazing gold nuggets. I know you and I could spend probably another four hours talking through the various facets of online and virtual summits, but really want to thank you for your leadership in this space for over a decade. You and Krista are out there pushing the envelope, always innovating. So thank you for all the work that you do to help practitioners stand out and attract the right audience. And for everyone else listening, we'll see you next week. I believe mastering persuasion is one of the most essential skills in life and certainly in business because nothing ever happens without a yes. Yet we can only effectively influence other people's decisions when we truly understand how the brain makes those decisions. Once you master the decision making formula, your message becomes ever more clear and influential. Join us next week for our newest episode of Getting to Yes. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. And feel free to share it with colleagues and friends. I'm your host, Uli Iserlo. See you next week.